This is the message from Connection Community Church for November 1st, 2020. Required, act justly. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning in all of our locations. If you're at home, type in good morning, okay? Good, 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 because I can't hear you. I'm having trouble hearing this morning. Uh, So glad you've chosen to worship with us here at Connection today. Amen and amen. Yeah. We are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made. It's a day that you had in your mind's eyes so long ago. And now, Lord, settle us in that we might hear your message found in Scripture and be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we have, let me get the statistics here from Barry. We have 48 people, households that we know of on YouTube, and we have 53 households that we know of on Facebook, and so we do want to say hey to y'all, everybody, wave to all everybody that's joining us, oh yeah, oh yeah, and we have people from Smyrna, Florida, Sue Wiggins is already in Florida, hey Sue, we said goodbye to her last week, Uh, Pat Barb, your uh, cousin Pat's watching, and we have people from all over Mm. the country watching and we are just so blessed to be with you all this morning today we are talking about micah 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 was a prophet now prophets were people who god spoke through and sometimes they were not sharing messages that were like hey god loves you it was like you guys better get your act together god's upset that's what god you it wasn't their words it was god's words (coughs) Now, Micah was the first prophet to prophesy or share about the destruction of both Samaria and Jerusalem, the areas around them, because of their sin. And so he's also well known for a prophecy that's found in Micah chapter 3, verse 2 of the Old Testament. Micah's in the Old Testament, kind of hard to find because he's sandwiched in there. We like the way Eugene Peterson uh, shares this or paraphrases this particular prophecy in the message. Check it out. Micah 5, verses 2 through 4. But you, Bethlehem, David's country, the run of the litter, from you will come the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. He'll be no upstart, no pretender. His family tree is ancient and distinguished. Meanwhile, Israel will be in foster homes until the birth pangs are over and the child is born. And the scattered brothers come back home to the family of Israel. He will stand tall in his shepherd rule by God's strength, centered in the majesty of God revealed. And the people will have a good and safe home, for the whole world will hold him in respect, peacemaker of the world. 700 years in advance. Say 700 years. 700 years. Okay, 700 years in advance. God was telling the world through the prophet Micah where Jesus would be born. In Bethlehem. I mean, really. The, it's all aligned right there from cover to cover. 
absolutely incredible. Now we're going to focus on this next month as we head into Christmas during a season called Advent where we'll, we'll be looking at the prophecies leading up to the birth of Jesus Christ. The other really well-known prophetic word from Micah is the basis of our series this month. It's found in the sixth, cha sixth chapter of the book of Micah. That chapter begins with the Lord speaking through the prophet, reminding Israel of what the Lord has done for them, that, that he brought them up out of Egypt and redeemed them from their slavery there. And he sent Moses to them along with Moses' brother and sister, Aaron and Miriam. And, and then the prophet, Micah, speaking on behalf of the people, asks this. Micah says, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Mm. In other words, he's speaking on behalf of the people, asking what they're to do. What are they supposed to do? How can they possibly repay the Lord for all the Lord has done for them? What could they possibly sacrifice to the Lord that would adequately show appreciation for all that he has done for them? And then the prophet Micah responds, telling the people just exactly what it is that the Lord desires, what the Lord requires. Check it out. He, the Lord, has shown you, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Wow. Simple, isn't it? Simple yet powerful. You know, it's, it's not year old burnt calves or, you know, those, those uh sacrificial uh, uh, barbecues, so to speak, uh, or thousands of rams or tens of thousands of rivers of olive oil, you know, all those Old Testament offerings, sacrifices for the Lord, not firstborn children, nor the fruit of the body offered for the sin of the soul. Much, much simpler, much simpler, and yet much more challenging at the same time. The Lord requires three things. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. It was true then, and it's true now. So this morning, our focus is act justly, to act justly, to act with justice. It's really timely in our culture, isn't it, to talk about this, justice, what does justice mean? Well, at its core, justice would mean that one would get what one deserves. Kind of doesn't feel good, although maybe it does, depending on what side you're on. Depending on what you deserve. <laughs> then, oh, yeah. That things are just, that things are fair. But what naturally follows that question is this, who determines what one deserves? Who gets to make that choice? Maybe you've seen a statue, it's of Lady Justice, or just Justicia, maybe. She holds in one hand scales, the scales of justice, 
and in the other hand, a sword, and she's blindfolded. That's the key here. She's blindfolding, indicating that justice is blind, is balanced, and delivers the punishment that's deserved. The challenge is finding true balance. The challenge is determining what is truly deserved, what is fair. So, what does the Bible have to say for this? Because that's not a biblical image there. That's a, like an old, I think, a Greek or Roman image there. And, you know, and our courts of law might use that. But what does the Bible say? Well, the Hebrew word that is translated as just or justice is the word mishpat. Say mishpat. Mishpat. Mishpat, yeah. That's the word that Micah is using here. And throughout the scriptures, when it says justice, you'll pretty much, that's the word you're going to, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament, the word they're referring to. Mishpat goes far beyond just getting what one deserves. See, it's a term that's less legal and more relational. It involves making things right, people living in right relationship with God and with one another. So you are going to get a little bit of Hebrew lesson today with some Hebrew words. Right Mishpat, from our seminary class yeah, 100 yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Mishpat goes hand in hand with two other Hebrew words. The first word is sedekah. Sedekah. Basically, sedekah means righteousness, doing what is right in the eyes of God. But it goes beyond that to include charity. Charity involves love, agape love. Agape, that's a Greek word, now we're into Greek. That means unconditional love, the love that God has for you and for me, a love that we don't deserve but is just lavishly placed upon us. That goes hand in hand, sedekah goes hand in hand with the justice, the mishpat of God. And the other word that goes hand in hand here is shalom. Say shalom. You've heard that before, many of you, shalom. And, and we generally just quickly uh, uh, say, oh, that means peace, right? Shalom, peace. But once again, it goes far beyond just an absence of conflict. Shalom, it's not an individual thing. It involves the entire community. It's the culture at large. We have shalom when not only I am at peace, but all are at peace. Does that make sense? At home. Shake your head? Okay, good. It permeates the lives not of the one or the few or even the many, but the lives of all. All. And so mishpat, justice, occurs when we are living together in righteous harmony. Doesn't that just like righteous harmony? I just want to breathe that. Righteous harmony when there's peace among us, when we care for one another the way God cares for us. Now, God addresses justice, especially justice for the poor, for the oppressed, through the prophet Amos. Now, we're looking at Micah, but we want to bring Amos in here. It's a thread that runs throughout this entire fifth book of the Old Testament of Amos. Check it out. Check out how God calls those who take advantage of the poor and underprivileged in the culture of that time. Mm. So these are some selected verses from the fifth chapter of Amos, 
7 through 24, selected verses. There are those who turn just, do me a favor, every time uh, I say justice, say it with me, okay? There are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Even though you bring me burnt offerings, this is the Lord talking, and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. Wow, this is powerful, isn't it? Just, you know, we were singing earlier, right? Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-ending stream. Wow. Wow. So God is telling the people through the prophet Amos that the sacrificial offerings are meaningless. They mean nothing if justice is not being lived out. That's a big toe-stepper. They are meaningless if they deprive the poor and the oppressed who are innocent. That last line, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Mm. Justice and righteousness. Mizpot and Zedekah go hand in hand, and they are not stagnant, but they are like a river, like a stream. It doesn't get putrid. It goes, it goes, it goes. It's dynamic. It's moving. It's flowing throughout culture, throughout society in which we live. Justice in the Bible involves what is just, what is fair, what is right, not just for those in positions of power and privilege, but for all, for all, from the very rich to the very poor, and everyone in between, with special focus on the poor and the oppressed. In our current culture, we talk about social justice. Justice in terms of distribution of wealth, opportunities, privilege in our society. Biblically speaking, it would be redundant to say social justice because they were all intertwined in the Hebrew scripture. God calls for um, justice not only through the prophets Micah and Amos, but other prophets as well. Here's what the Lord shares with the Hebrew people through the prophet Isaiah. We read this, Isaiah, first chapter, verses 16 through 17. This is the New International Version. And when I, we get to the word justice, say it with me again, please. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight, the Lord says. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. And here's how you seek justice. You defend the oppressed, you take up the cause of the fatherless, and you plead the case of the widow. The Lord is telling the Hebrew people to do what is right, to do what is just, 
Notice the emphasis here, defending the oppressed. Defending the oppressed. Caring for the orphan. Placing um, value, pleading the case of the widow. So in other words, sticking up for those who are not in a position to stick up for themselves. Maybe they're not being heard. Are you catching my drift here? Caring those who often seem uncared for. Mm. Seeing what others do get, what they deserve. That's a tough one. And what they deserve, this is not tough, is to be cared for and loved unconditionally. As God loves each and every one of us equally and unconditionally. So thinking about this for this morning, i got to admit that this is an area where I've been remiss over the years. Growing up, a middle-class, white, Christian, heterosexual male in this culture has made me a person of privilege all my life, all my life. My father never had to give me special instructions for how to act and be cautious if I was ever pulled over by a police officer. He probably told me to slow down and quit being a knucklehead, but... You know, not special instructions because of the color of my skin that I was going to be treated differently in a traffic stop, possibly. I've never been treated with disrespect because of my socioeconomic position or my sexual orientation. I've never been sexually harassed at work. Never been denied a position because of my color, my skin, my country of origin, my gender, my religious beliefs. And so as such, I've often, especially now when it's very, very, I've been very uh, introspective, I've realized looking back, I've often allowed myself to be blinded and ignore the injustices around me that have been going wrong for a long time. So while, and while this passage from Isaiah is speaking to the privileged of that day and time, it's speaking to me as well <laughs> in this day and time. Just as God was calling them, God is calling me to seek justice for those around me, to defend the oppressed. And the oppressed is anyone who's not being treated fairly. Not being treated fairly. To take up the cause of the fatherless or the orphaned or those who who, who uh, in that difficult position. To... <clears throat> to defend the widow. And, you know, our culture is a little different with widows than it was back then. Um, and to take up the cause might just mean making a phone call to somebody who's lost their spouse. It's just letting them know we care, letting them know I care. To, to do what is right for those around me to whom it's being done. Then how do we live that out? I've been thinking about this. and I think it's two stages. One is awareness and the action, second is action. Awareness and action. I'm a, the head of a, of a team in, in our district in the Methodist Church called the District Committee on Ministry where we, <clears throat> uh, if you're coming into ministry as a pastor, you go through our team and we kind of oversee you until you be, get ordained. And some of these people we've been seen over the years, you know, each year they come before us, offer a sermon and tell us what they've been doing. And, and a couple of things we just added here recently. Uh, one is, We've, we've added a question, we, we have questions from the Book of Discipline, but biblical question, but we had a question about racism, just to be an awareness, to try to make those who are coming to ministry make sure they're aware. Uh, 
uh, we're going to start at the end of our meeting to say, okay, did we treat everybody fairly in this interview process today? Or, or did, did, did we find ourselves asking questions differently because of who they, where they come from, the color of their skin, their gender, their whatever it might be? We've, uh, we're going to start reading a book called uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist and taking our lunchtime. Now that, just reading a book, it, that's the simple part, reading a book. And then once we read the book, ha, saying, okay, how is that going to change me and how am I going to live that out? So it's kind of like I say, an awareness and an action. What about you? What's God calling out to you from this passage about justice? Justice is not just an Old Testament idea. It's at the very core of Jesus' ministry. And therefore, it permeates the New Testament, which is the second part of the Bible. Check out what we read in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. He, Jesus, went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovering of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he, Jesus, rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I'm here. I'm here. So Jesus is the embodiment of God's justice, God's mishpat, God's call for us to care for everyone, especially the uncared for, the poor, the oppressed. Justice. God's justice through Jesus, is a whole lot less about <clears throat> legalities. It's a whole lot more about relationship. Relationship, caring, listening, love. When we talk about giving people what they deserve, what they deserve is to know that God loves them. Loves them enough that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to live, to die, to be resurrected, new life. What they deserve is for us to share that love of God, no matter who somebody is, no matter where they live, no matter what they've done. And so once again, we're reminded of a well-known story found in Luke 10, where an expert in the law asked Jesus what he, the, the expert in the law, must do to inherit eternal life. And and Jesus responds, because this guy's an expert in law, Jesus is just so brilliant. He responds by asking, what is written in the law? I mean, you know the law. Tell me, what, what's it, what did it tell you? Well, the legal expert quotes a couple of Old Testament verses from Deuteronomy and Leviticus, where basically the one says, love the Lord your God with all of your soul, mind, strength, and uh, soul, mind, strength, and uh, uh, heart. Heart. Yeah. I, I like to just boil it down. Love God with everything you got. Love God with everything you got. And second, but as important, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. 
And so then this guy's trying to catch you, catch, catch, they always try to catch him in a trap. They never succeed, but they try. And, and, and also he's trying to justify his own behavior. So he says, well, who is my neighbor? And maybe you know the story of the Good Samaritan where a guy, a Hebrew guy, is beaten up on the road. There's a passage on the road there where it's a, a lot of times robbers would descend from the hills and rob people, beat them up and rob them. He was left for dead. And, and two religious guys separately came and they walked the other side of the street to go around because they didn't want to be unclean by getting closer, touching him. They, they avoided him altogether. They left him to die. The religious Hebrew guys. But then a Samaritan, and the Samaritans, the Hebrews hated the Samaritans. They hated them. They, they, they worshipped differently. They had slightly different beliefs, and they hated them. They despised them. In this story, Jesus has the Samaritan come up, care for the guy, take him to an inn. He has some business he has to do, but he takes him to an inn where they ask the innkeeper to take care of him, to to take care of his wounds. He gives him money. He says, if it, if it takes more than I've given you, I'll be back and I'll, I'll make up the difference. Wow. And, 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 and then Jesus says to the illegal expert, so, so who was this guy's neighbor? He says, well, I guess it was the guy who showed him mercy. mercy. And, and Jesus says, uh, basically, you're right. Go and do likewise. So you and I are to go and do likewise, not just for someone who's been beaten in the street, but someone who's been beaten by life. And I would say that we've all been beaten by life at some point. Go and do likewise, reach out in care and concern. And sometimes we are beaten by circumstance. Sometimes we're beaten by our gender by our color, by our nationality, by our religion, by culture. We're all beaten in some way. We are to go and do likewise and share the love of Jesus hmm. with one another. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly. <laughs> to do what is right for everyone. To care for everyone. Not just for those who, who look like us, who think like us, who even those, not just those who believe like us, but to care for all. Wow. To love as God loves, that agape love we talk about, that unconditional, boundless love that God shows. Showing and sharing that agape love that Jesus shared with us. For everyone. And you know, it's not always easy, is it? We're not saying it's easy. But with God's help, it is possible. It's possible. And it's what God told us to do. <laughs> it's required. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Before I pray... We're going to transition into Holy Communion. If you're at home, grab something to drink and a cracker or bread or whatever you've got on hand. Those of you, I hope that you have your little packets. If you don't, put your hand up. And we're going to 
share in Holy Communion here and in our 100 plus households that are watching. We'll conclude with the Lord's Prayer and then we'll have our final song of praise and worship. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, this is a challenging scripture. Micah, what does the Lord require of us? Today, to, today it's about justice. And so, God, we, um, I would ask for you to help us look inside of our hearts and see where maybe we fall short. Could be a bias of somebody in our family, some, I don't know what it is, but help us um, take the high road and be aware and to do something um, for you, Lord. Thank you for your prophets. And um, even though all that was shared thousands of years ago, it certainly is relevant today. We pray this and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.